welcome to the Deconstructor Fun Podcast. Your hosts today are myself, Mishka Katkov, and Joseph Kim. And we are going to talk about marketability with fantastic guests, Tanya Fernandez from Split Metrics, and my boy, Jesse Lembianen from Geek Lab. So at its core, improving marketability means the increase of IPM, which is installs per thousand impressions, which in turn leads to a decreased CPI. Now, in layman terms, the, the better your ad and your app store page performs, the cheaper it is to acquire players. But while this formula is really straightforward, increase of marketability doesn't necessarily result in positive effects. In fact, incorrect use of data or infrequent use of testing may very well lead you astray, creating a scenario where you're acquiring the wrong players more effectively. So companies like Geek Lab and Split, Split Metrics provide a platform that allow developers and publishers to test marketability of their game and game concepts early and often. These platforms help you to answer questions around your theme, your art style, your unique selling points long before you pretty much lay a single line of code. And these platforms also help you to continuously improve your marketing message and test creative ideas with the target audience. Now, full disclosure, I've personally used Geek Lab on several games, and I really became a believer in marketability through it. And of course, through creating some games that had really low marketability that I had no idea of until they entered SoftLaunch. Anyway, I want you to make a believer as well. So I asked Yesa to give our listeners, you, the listeners of Deconstructor Fun Podcast, an unlimited access to their Geek Lab platform for a month. So go to geeklab.app slash DOF and claim your free month and save that money. So without further ado, please enjoy the recording. Hello, everybody, and welcome. Today, we have myself, Joe Kim, and Mishka Katkoff, and we are joined by two ASO optimization service companies, Tanya from Split Metrics and Yessa from Geek Lab. So great to have both of you guys on with us. Today, we will talk about how to potentially save millions by optimizing marketability. For those in our audience not already aware, the service your respective firms provide, Geek Lab and Split Metrics, is ASO optimization. So basically, A-B testing services to help improve app store conversion. In other words, how often when people click on a mobile ad, how often they will click through to the install. But another key application that these services often provide is game concept testing. And just for clarification, would both of you guys, Tanya and Yessa, would you guys agree in terms of the characterization of your firm's services? Yeah, uh, that's, that's pretty much it. We provide tools to, to optimize the store. Uh, so running specific campaigns and optimizing app store specifically for, for your main audience or, or, or then overall to, to all the organic traffic to make the most out of the, the traffic that you get to your app store page to get the most amount of downloads that that's possible. But also really happy to see that more and more people are, are, are using these services for, for concept testing now. So already right. having these part of the development in, in the earlier cycle. Right. And then besides the app store optimization and concept testing, are there any other applications that people are using your services for or are those the two primary things? I probably can add here uh, regarding split metrics. So you're right, Joseph. It's a platform that helps run A-B tests in several environments like product page or search page and category page. 
And based on what we see, um, publishers come for multiple reasons, to test for multiple reasons, right? More and more, they start to come for more high-level A-B testing uh, applications, like testing game concepts or rebranding games or changing positioning of an, of an app. Uh, so all of this can be also done in pre-launch stage. For example, you can check whether your app has a good chance of success with different audience, and we call it prototyping, testing before launch. Um, so you can compare their different hypotheses, like um, different audience, men, women, or both, or different colors, and etc. What I also would like to mention, there is a way to A-B test traffic sources, which can be interesting as well. Uh, so while testing traffic sources, you can learn which is better in terms of cost, conversion rate, and overall performance. And before we jump into the meat of the discussion, I thought it'd be great if we could just get a quick intro in terms of both of your backgrounds. So maybe starting with you, Tanya, and then Yissa. So, well, speaking about my background, uh, I've been leading sales and partnerships at Split Metrics and Search Ads HQ for almost five years. So I've basically seen many types of customers and use cases they test. And I also build sales and success teams from scratch. And speaking about Split Metrics as a company, um, we built internationally acclaimed products for app store marketing and app growth. Yes, sir. I actually personally joined entertainment industry 11 years ago as I started DJing and, and making music for programs and, and marketing around it. Uh, and, and then uh, I joined Rovio and, and I've been working for four years around in product marketing, uh, being responsible for, for quite big launches. For example, uh, the latest one being the release of Angry Birds Dream Blast. And, and then about a year ago, I, I was in need for a product uh, and, and uh, that, that didn't exist. In, in just the way that I, I hoped it would. So, so then I, I founded Geek Lab together with, with a group of other entrepreneurs on you and, and, and. Great, so maybe we could go ahead and jump right in. And as a publisher myself and as a games teams lead for a number of years, I know I spent a ton of money on various types of testing. I know Mishka, you've done the same, but maybe we start. <laughs> yeah, maybe we start with the concept testing stuff. So. From the user perspective, Mishka, can you talk about how you've used services like Split Metrics and Geek Lab, and then maybe you can deep dive on the concept testing part. All right. So this is um, this is actually a fascinating uh, topic, and I really wanted to jump on this one. So thanks for having me. Um, so there's a couple couple of applications for um, for concept testing. So usually where so i've only used geek lab and and I'll, I'll reference that but i've also done marketability before uh before my current job and previous projects and i'll go into that but usually there's kind of like two applications so there's the first part is theme testing and that's what usually is considered as concept testing and what that usually what that entails is you're testing the setting you're testing the theme you're testing the elements so for example setting could be uh, middle age theme could be fantasy and the elements can be dragons and you're kind of switching around and testing different thing and kind of seeing what uh, what users are more interested in and that basically saves you time uh, because well it, it doesn't save you time it saves you direct money because you're choosing a you're choosing a theme that resonates better at the market and and you don't have to all the way go to soft launch only to figure out that the theme you've chosen is actually something that doesn't resonate well in the market. And I have done this mistake and hence I'm a big fan of early testing uh, as, a, as somebody who's done a sci-fi game only to notice that people don't like sci-fi. Anyways, uh, so improving IPM is the, is the second part and this is sort of a thing where you're testing again different styles and tying that with, uh, with the early final of the game. 
sometimes, not always, but uh, improving IPM, it's, it's just like with creatives, we're constantly changing, we're constantly trying to find better ways to, to lower our CPI. And of course, in order to lower your CPI, it's basically increasing your IPM, so installs per thousand impressions. And with different styles, uh, different changes and different app store optimization, you're able to, um, to find something that might resonate better than your current elements or worse. Both are important to understand. And sometimes through these type of tests, what you're able to do is sometimes rarely, but you're able to actually change your first time user flow in order to match the, uh, the, the creative as well as the store storefront so that the player is kind of going through the same funnel and experiencing the same elements throughout the game. A good example of tying in the creative with the early funnel would be something like Hero Wars, where they have that creative where you're torturing or kind of like trying to get out of somewhere, uh, a playable ad, and that playable ad is actually inserted in the game, probably later on, that's how it feels like, and they're tying in basically the creative to the gameplay, but the same thing can be done also with, the, um, with, with store optimization, creative, and the early funnel. Anyway, so looking at the development phases where we use Geek Lab and, and you could use, you know, split metrics and this is the same thing. It's, it's basically early on, so theme testing as a part of a prototyping. So during that time when you're figuring out what type of a game you should be making uh, as you're testing the core gameplay or other elements in it, you should also be investing resources in understanding who the game is for and what is the sort of a theme that you should be going after? And, or more importantly, what is the theme you should not be choosing? And that's, that's where these tests are the best ones. The second element is, is at the end of the concepting phase. Uh, that's usually kind of like a pre-alpha where you have a day one, day three core gameplay. It's really important to continue running these tests at that point because at this point, you're not only testing an idea of a game and a theme, but you're also testing that theme that you've chosen to the core gameplay you've developed. And sometimes there's a huge rift between these two, and you will be able to notice this at this pre-alpha test, uh, pre-alpha stage, and switch around uh, the theme in order to, to actually come up with a marketability that suits your core gameplay. And I'll go in an example where the core gameplay did not suit the, uh, the marketability in, in a moment. And, and other two elements, so in addition to the early concepting kind of prototyping and, and, and pre-alpha is alpha stage. Not all the games go through this, but this is basically when you have a D7 core loop build and you're, you're kind of testing out still your marketing as well as the, uh, the, the, the sort of a vertical slice of your game, some kind of a setting, some kind of a small market. Uh, and that's, that's bringing your reassurance that the theme you've chosen is right, that the creative... Uh, that you have been creating, and at that point, you already have your own assets, uh, that they're going to the right direction. You're able to to increase your IPM all the time, and that the uh, you know the marketability actually suits with the uh, the core loop that you've made. And final one is live ops. Uh, this is something that that I see is is people doing continuously. So you should be always optimizing your your um, your app stores, uh, your creatives, and and just making sure that that you rank well against your your competitors and that you're doing better than what you were doing before. The goals overall, as we're going through this, is, is if, if you summarize into four things, it's making sure that you don't choose the wrong theme, making sure that your marketing fits your product, and making sure that you're benchmarking your marketing to that of the marketing of the, the competitors, and making sure that you're improving your marketability 
uh, during the life cycle of your game. And, and I promise, like, I know that my monologues are super long, so I'll just do a one, one fun example. So I was working at the company before. I'm not going to name anything, but we had a, we had a very good game. Uh, it was monetizing really well. It was limited audience, uh, but high monetization. And uh, we're talking about top grossing 50 game. And part of that was, was one of the ad campaigns were perform, was performing extremely well, like above every other campaigns. And, and the creative was really, really working. Uh, it was working until we could not use that creative anymore uh, because it was <laughs> reminiscent of some other game that the game actually did not entail. And, um, and the decision was made to actually um, reskin the existing game to match the creative that was performing and and basically that was a new game was was made out of that a new skew which was exactly the same as the previous one but it was just following the theme that was proven by the creative that was functioning really well until it was banned that allowed the company to essentially double their revenues and instead of uh, one top 50 grossing game it had two top 50 grossing games which is essentially the same game by the same team um and and everything was great. So so you felt like you found the uh, the golden key to success. So why not do a third top fifty grossing game? I mean that's that's clearly the uh, the question. So going through these learnings, the the process of developing game was quite simple. You start with a market test, and the market test was just show different uh, static themes on Facebook. You know everything from zombies to fantasy to mafia to dinosaurs with lasers and riders on top of them then see what of those themes are not resonating well. And you might see that, that some of the more boring ones, like the Mafia is not as good as the dinosaurs with lasers and riders. So the next step is because of you have a couple of themes that are clearly outperforming in terms of uh, click-through rate, you create video ads based on those. And the top performing video ads you know, let's let's choose the dinosaurs with lasers and riders. You make a you make a video ad that is showing the core gameplay of that in kind of cool way. You show those ads. There's a there's an absolutely fantastic IPM. You funnel those users to your existing games, uh, the two that are top grossing, and it still shows promise. At that point, you spend about six months in reskinning a third version of those games, and then you launch this game with dinosaurs and lasers, and it's exactly like the other two games that are doing extremely well. But what happened is this game failed miserably. You know, it was actually one of the worst performing games in the portfolio. And what we learned at that point was that the um, you have to marry marketing to the product. And that's why I'm always saying like you should constantly be rerunning these tests, not only in the beginning where you find an IPM because you had such a crazy, awesome idea, but your core game has actually, and, and, and your core loop has actually, is, is something that has to fit the marketing promise. So that's where I go in into, into, you know, run the IPM test early, but also remember to run the test when you have the first versions of your game so that you're not figuring this out at the moment when you're globally launching. And Mishka, just to take this a little more tactical, can yeah. you talk to, for example, so you've got your creatives and you've run these various tests. What are the specific metrics that you're looking at? Yeah, so on, at the highest level, we're looking at naturally the IPM, basically from creative to a store, from store to an install. And and in that sense, we're, we're seeing everything from, from cohort size, from different targetings, from the keywords you're using, from the, uh, from the location to, you know, the source that we usually use is Facebook. 
Uh, you can use Iron Source when when you have actually that test build. And Iron Source, uh, we've used Iron Source before, so others probably provide the same thing. But with Iron Source, we've been able to benchmark our own IPM and our own CPI to the ones in, to to basically the uh, the genre standard. Uh, but most important is not you know the metrics. Well, the metrics, the IPM, the CPI. Well, IPM especially is the important because the CPI is kind of hard to hard to hard to uh, to say with limited traffic. But most important, when you're looking at these IPMs, how, how what you've done before is performing to what you've done now. Uh, as you're improving your assets, as you're adding you know new characters to your game and so forth, are they truly standing out? Are they something that players are interested in? The second thing is looking at what others are doing, what others are doing, and testing also those elements. And the third part is what we could be doing. And, and this kind of saves you time because in many cases, you can just go into Unity Asset or Unreal Asset Store, purchase a lot of elements. So let's say I'm making a fantasy game and I'm not sure what kind of a fantasy I want. Do I want like Lords Mobile slash Supercell type of accessible fantasy? Or do I want to go into Raid Shadow Legends type of fantasy? Or do I want to go somewhere in the middle? That's pretty easy by, by just purchasing, spending, you know, a hundred bucks on, on asset store, getting all those assets, putting them in Unreal or, or Unity, taking the screenshots, doing, you know, modifying those and then running tests. And that basically tells you what you could be doing and where you should be going before actually investing time in creating those assets yourself. So, yes, did I leave something out? Because we've been doing this for a long time. <laughs> yeah, that was that was pretty extensive summary of, of things. I, I would like to say that, like the, the the title of this this podcast is saving millions. So some of the listeners might have a question in their head that, okay, well, how does adding an, another layer, another platform into this, like actually help you save millions and the key thing here is that like concept testing isn't isn't generally a, a new thing, right? People have been doing this just alone on Facebook and checking out, out the CTRs for, for quite a long time. But the problem is that if you only look at the CTR, so you don't really get the, the actual user intent behind like the clicks. So you can easily get false positives on things. And, and we've seen, especially if, if there's any brands in play, so this variation can be huge. So the brand might drive a lot of interest on the actual ad, but they don't have the intent of actually installing. whereas you can then easily get get false positives and make make wrong decisions. And the other part here is that why you really need uh, a service like ours or or or, or split metrics is that you need to be able to acquire like the real traffic that that is comparable to what you would end up eventually when when you buy traffic towards mobile app installs. So, for example, in GigLab, where we we've done so that you can implement a Facebook pixel to the install button. And, and by using that pixel, uh, you can then actually uh, like buy traffic that is, is like pretty much like the, the traffic they would buy towards mobile app installs. And therefore you can then get reliable like results and, and comparable results. We've, we've, we've actually tested this side by side and we've seen that the pixel-based traffic is, is pretty much identical to mobile app install-based traffic. And then on other notes, I can't, highlight more uh, about saving money and, and, and being smart about it. So you can really, really use Unity Asset Store to your benefit or, or Unreal Store. For example, with one customer, we have this situation where we were uh, testing out this war game. Uh, they had uh, like sort of their own unique style and then more cartoony style. But we wanted to have another sort of uh, end of the spectrum there as well. So like really realistic modern warfare uh, type of style. Uh, so we just went to Unity Asset Store. Uh, we bought assets for eight bucks, uh, put them to Unity, post them, put a green screen in the back, 
exported them out and we actually got there and we were able to to test the realistic style against the style that they were going for and then then uh, totally cartoony style and and sort of this ties into being able to kind of compare what you do against competitors without actually having benchmarks from your competitors but sort of see if you're on the right track with what you're doing and and that's actually really important like i know i know some, some companies are, are smaller ones but when you're working in a bigger company there's always a question about like well i don't know if if that chosen style is really good like i think it's it's a little bit kiddish or i think it's too realistic or i think the cpis will be really high like people have these opinions on on the stuff that you're doing uh what these services allow is is to really put really quickly put a put a number behind behind what you're doing and it also allows you to the, the second part that i really like is is when we're able to show that as we polish up our ad assets as as development goes on they actually lower uh the cpi by increasing the ipm so that's also a powerful message to the art team that the work that you're doing you are helping to lower the cost you're helping us to acquire more users they seldom get that numerical feedback of their work so i think it's a, it's powerful for internal communication especially uh, when you keep on running these tests right and ideally this is a continuous loop right so you run these tests on on marketing you might find something that proves out to like get your ipm higher and lower your cpis and then eventually you you like if you're bold enough you you take those learnings and you put them into the game as well and and therefore you create a, again a, a a full holistic working funnel that will have a higher ipm lower cpi and and then eventually end up also improving the retention Cool. And Tanya, in terms of like what you've heard from Mishka and Yissa, would you agree that in terms of your customers that as far as concept testing is concerned, besides the applications that Mishka mentioned, Yissa mentioned also art testing, I think one other application I've seen is just IP testing. Like if you have an existing gameplay and you're like, well, maybe this could be Walking Dead or, or Marvel or Star Wars or something else, you test different IPs, but are there any other things that you're seeing, Tanya? Or maybe you could speak to best practices when it comes to concept testing? Great, so thank you guys for this really nice description of concept testing. I totally agree with what you've mentioned and I like the example that Mishka shared. Uh, we also had a lot of ex uh, examples at Split Metrics when uh, small and big brands were testing at this concept stage. So probably to add some value, I would like to highlight the steps you need to go to take to make it really work for you. So first of all, of course, I, I'd like to underline you need to have the hypothesis, which is really strong, and make sure you had a look on your competitors and make sure you know your audience, because one of the mistakes that our users made is testing for very small audience. Let's say they took Switzerland and they were running A-B tests for Switzerland, yeah? And at the end of the day, they got a result that the conversion is so low at all the variations that it's impossible to make some conclusions there. So we just mentioned, okay, guys, we need to make it broader. Let's take United States or Europe, several countries in Europe uh, for that. So this is one thing I would like to highlight. Also, among common mistakes, there is also um, having the right audience in terms of age, gender, etc. We also had clients who were testing for youngsters. Yeah, this very sweet spot now uh, to have an app, especially a non-gaming app for young audience like social networking, dating, etc. So they were trying to, to reach out to specific audience and it appeared that their concepts didn't work at all for this type of audience. But at Split Metrics, we saw additional metrics that um, helped us to understand that this concept works 
for more um, for all the audience which was a great insight because if they want, they could launch this concept for another audience and have great conversion. So this is where you need to make sure to work with the right partner. And I'm sure VClub and the split metrics can help with that uh, because what we have is more advanced analytics, not only the conversion metrics, just this variation had 5% conversion in this time, but also additional insights into user engagement, into exploration rate, which means they engaged into the page or not, just installed with engagement or not, right? Uh, and more things like screenshot view, video view that can help you drive really data-based decisions uh, and not waste money on A-B testing, right? Yeah, and, and maybe to add, like, also another step that you can then, when you run these, these concept tests on, uh, on the really, really early uh, life cycle, early part of the life cycle of, of the product, so, so even, even before you actually start the production. So, so one of the key things that you can do, you can then ask the users, click the install button. So you can add surveys behind that install button. So that can be super, super, and, and actually it's always super, super useful uh, quality feedback on the audience that you're acquiring those users from. And, and kind of, you can already ask questions regarding features and sort of complete the loop and, and get useful insights that can help you also drive the production decisions. So one more thing I, I wanted to add here, uh, if you'll be testing with the tools like GitHub and Splitmetrics, you have several options to, to, run, to where run these tests. It can be one variation experiment uh, to check overall performance and conversion rate. And this type of experiment will give you the right direction, which is like very cost effective. Uh, you don't need to waste um, a lot of money on traffic to test several variants while you're not sure if your concept overall will work. Right, you need the direction. And next, you can also um, develop some copies of your prototypes, um, having different marketing assets uh, there, and run a multivariate A-B test, where one variation would stand for one concept and check which one would perform better. So there are several ways to go uh, to, to run a good uh, concept uh, A-B testing. So feel free to reach out and ask for more advice here because this is very crucial now and a lot of publishers do that. Uh, testing very wisely even before the app is launched. Great. So maybe we can now talk about the second kind of high-level application of using your services, which is really around the App Store optimization designed to really drive App Store conversion. And just for our audience, so they kind of understand the high-level flow, there's kind of three metrics that you want to look at. First is the click-through rate. So basically, when a user sees a mobile ad and they click or actually tap through on that ad, that is the CTR, then there is a notion of once they click on an ad, they go to the App Store, and then how they convert in the App Store or the App Store conversion. And then that overall metrics, sort of like the click-through rate multiplied by the App Store conversion equals your install rate or if you're doing it by thousands, that's the IPM. And so those three metrics, sort of the click-through rate, app store conversion, and install rate or IPM are the three things that we talk about from a high level in terms of marketability metrics. And then really in terms of the app store conversion, that's what you really want to drive through uh, using an ASO service like Splitmetrics and Geek Lab. And so I wanted to first start by talking about you know, how do we drive this app store conversion? But maybe before we start that, one question that I have, uh, since we were talking about concept testing, uh, before we jump into this other stuff, is that given that high level view, there's a lot of hyper casual companies that will actually just look at CTR and not 
IPM. So they'll ignore that middle metric, the app store conversion. So uh, Yessa or Tanya, can you guys talk about why you guys think the hyper casual guys are just looking at the CTR and not the overall metric, the IPM or install rate? Whenever you run app store con like optimization, it's, it's always important to take a look at the full picture. You need to, you have your primary audience and you, you define that audience who you actually optimize your, your app store for without obviously excluding anyone, but like you, re you really want to focus on who you optimize. And, and if you look at hyper casual games uh, and, and, and the sort of general way of them doing marketing, it's, it's often, it's just built around like the actual game. So if, if you compare that to Forex or FPSs or whatever, so it's, it's completely different. They, they show something really satisfying, just the core gameplay, which the game is built around. And, and then they drive you to App Store and, and, and to download. And, and because of this, they don't really ha have any, any fluff around it. So, so the App Store is actually reflecting one-on-one on what the ad is selling. So the, the message, message is always super clear, which is why it, it there isn't really that much to win because already the the conversion rate is is quite high because you're selling on the app store exactly what you're selling on the ad whereas then if if you go to more complex cases like forex for example so then there's a lot of different marketing angles that you can tr do and try out on 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 top of the funnel and where it makes a lot of sense to then uh, really focus on the app store conversion on your like main audience you're not dropping off users uh, in that point your whole marketing funnel is is uh, complete got it so maybe we can now talk about in terms of using your services in that app store conversion app store optimization part how are people using your services to optimize like what are some of the key drivers of the optimization you know whether it's like the description keywords screenshots or icon like what are the things how are they using your services to increase that app store conversion Tanya, do you want to start? Yeah, sure. So the major conversion rate improvement usually comes from optimizing screenshots and previews, like videos, as we see. So I recommend you to pay special attention to these elements. Um, however, know that app previews might have a negative impact as well. Uh, what we saw is that more than two videos can actually decrease conversion rate. So you might want to check a hypothesis that your app can perform better on the app stores if you remove all videos. As for the titles, which is also um, a very crucial element, but not a visual one, uh, you can improve the conversion rate by adding the brand name and short description to your app's title on the App Store and Google Play. Even heavyweights like Google take advantage of this feature. So try running A-B testing experiments with variations that include explanatory notes in the titles. What else you can test here is localization. Uh, so find out if you need to adapt your app page to a particular storefront. There are plenty of cases um, that you can use. Uh, you can even go to our blogs at Split Metrics and check several ones that we are able to share. Uh, what else you can do there is to adjust your page to holidays, to seasonal events. Uh, and sometimes there is a really great boost there by adding even two snowflakes, you know. Uh, sometimes it's kind of a miracle, but sometimes it works. So if you have time and some resource in that, it's really worth the effort. Yes, sir. Yeah, completely agree on everything what Tanya said. The main main use uh, on our platform as well is they they really need to start from from the audience and hypothesis point of view. Um, if if you compare to, for example, tests that you can run on Google Play experiments, the problem is that you often you, you can run a test where you have icons A, B, C. The icon C could be performing, let's say, forty percent better. Ex 
extraordinary good. And then you run the exact same test uh, in a couple of weeks' time, and it shows the exact same, the exact opposite as as a result. And the reason for this is that they, the audience that gets that page is is totally mixed. You got the organics, you got the paid from all across your camp, different campaigns, your primary audience, your latent audiences, and everything. The really the the big use for tools like ours and split metrics is that you can really control the people that you optimize, right? So you can you can make sure that the primary audience uh, is the one that you optimize, or if you want to just get the best out of the uh, like the ones that are uh, converting the most organic installs. So then you can open up your doors to everyone and, and acquire users with with really really broad targeting and and check out the metrics there. Everything is is really important uh, around the visuals. With the with the latest behavioral data that we checked, we actually saw again that it's it's surprisingly low amount amount of people who who actually check out the description so that click the more button on on either ios or or google play the biggest wins are really in the visuals icon and, and screenshots and, and app preview videos in terms of like an approach like if you're as far as some of the your customers that have had the most success moving the needle in terms of this app store conversion metric like what kind of approach or what do they generally do in terms of best practice to have the best results i can add here a few words so from our experience and i'm sure that um, jesse would agree on that uh, it's very common to have a strong hypothesis and the best experiments that we saw were the ones that had really different variations so it's not just about having button uh, of red color and green color on the on two variations but it's more meaningful it's about like product or specific audience difference or some marketing idea so you need to have a good preparation job done uh, on the back end side before you run a b tests and also one more thing which is really important is interpreting results correctly and having follow-up experiments so it's not always about one experiment i would even say it's always not about one experiment when you will get the maximum results or even see some results. It's about uh, several experiments that will support each other and will add meaningful um, like tips to what you already understand. And this is where platforms help a lot because they have a maximum information in one place. So exploration of video, exploration of screenshots, uh, overall conversion, direct installs, and, and more and more. Um, this is it, I guess. Maybe just you want to add something here. No, totally agree. Like underline more the importance of continuously doing these things, right? And improving on already improved assets. And and because also, like you mentioned earlier, seasonalities and everything affect the situation. So it's always about like finding the the best stuff that works for the for that specific period of time, audience and product. I actually thought about one more trick that I saw our client was doing, and it's really great. Uh, whenever uh, your marketing team sees any uh, tips on what could work on your App Store page from ads, let's say, always use it and A-B test that. So we had a case when a publisher was uh, running, of course, was running Facebook campaigns and this uh, saw that on a banner, uh, a character performed really well, but they didn't have this character on their App Store page, screenshots. So when they run A-B test with this character being added to the first screenshot in this set, the conversion improvement was really significant. So always find for some, look around for some ideas and if you see them implement A-B test, it might be really helpful. Speaking of any, anything else that you guys can think of, are there other things that companies should be aware of to help optimize App Store conversion? 
there's one thing, right? So, so if you're uh, one of the fortunate companies that Apple uh, or you, you've built a product that Apple is, is, is then requesting, for example, for feature graphic or, or the product graphic on the top of the page. So, so that's pretty much something that you submit once and, and then that's, that's there for life as long as they don't request for another one. So, so then it really, really, really makes sense to use products like ours or split metrics to test that before you submit it. So to find the best performing feature graphic before you actually submit that then to, to Apple, because then that's for, for good pretty much. And then another thing that, that you can test is, is the closer look video. So that's, that's something quite unique to, to Apple. So having, having portrait screenshots, but then, uh, and, and even a portrait app preview video, but then also featuring a landscape video will unlock this this closer look section for you so so it's that's also really worth testing because uh, it's 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 really useful for search as it takes uh, the, the landscape video takes the takes the place on search and and then that can really help you drive the conversions up great and so just last question from me is just to allow companies to have a better a handle on costs so aside from the cost to use your services specifically how much does it cost to run, you know, a campaign or set of experiments to improve App Store conversion? Finally, like how much of an improvement do you think people can generally expect once they run some of these tests? So, well, I can probably start on that. Um, speaking about the cost of the experiments, we speak about the cost of the traffic behind that experiment because we test out of the store, so we need to run quality traffic there. Uh, I also already mentioned that uh, it's important what audience you will test on because sometimes it's too narrow, sometimes it's the wrong setting of gender, uh, interests, uh, etc., age. Uh, and if we combine all these factors, one of the best sources can be Facebook and Facebook traffic can cost. So the amounts we normally uh, give as a like, ballpark is around $3,000 per experiment. Um, we need to mention here that it depends on many factors that our platform calculates. So it's also minimum detectable effect that will be calculated for you to help significance level and other variations. So if you have strong hypothesis and if you have really a significant difference between the variations you test, the cost might decrease. So the stronger is the setup settings of the experiments, the better is the idea the less you will pay for, for finding the winning variation. It will be easier to distinguish that. Um, also, speaking about the results, right? Uh, for the results, uh, the average I can mention is around 5-10% increase that you can expect. Uh, overall, you can get around 60% conversion increase. It, of course, would depend on how, how high was your conversion initially. If you are uh, super sell, let's say, <laughs> some games, it's, it's pretty hard to improve them. So uh, it's mostly about running different types of PR moments uh, in A-B testing or testing concepts of new games that you would, would want to focus on, right? But in, in most of the cases with medium or low conversion, you can ov get overall high improvement by running a sequence of experiments. So please, please remember that one test won't bring you 60% improvement. It's uh, normally uh, about a sequence of tasks that lead you to success. Yeah, I agree completely. Uh, we, we've seen that like single tests can have a massive impact, like especially with icons, like you can easily 
uh, well, not easily. It's always behind hard work, but like sometimes you can even even get improvements of, of 20 to 30 percent with, with just like the change of icon. And in terms of costs, like Tanya just said, it, it depends a lot on what like what you're targeting and product and everything. But we've seen, for example, with some products that are uh, hybrids between hyper casuals and then a bit more deeper meta games. So we've seen that because they they are able to le- leverage on the on the cheap CPIs of, of hyper casual. So so we've seen that you can actually even in these specific cases complete a test of two or two to three variants uh, with with something around five to seven hundred and fifty dollars. But then on average we we like to say that it's it's around the same ballpark as, as Tanya mentioned. So around two thousand bucks to three thousand bucks. But one thing I, I really want to highlight here is that that. You, you shouldn't think of, of, of it just as money wasted to that test, so to say, because eventually you are in control of, of where the user will end up if, if, when after they click the install button, right? So so even if you run these ASO tests and, and, and you have a product out, so you can actually uh, drive the users from, from after they click the install on the lookalike page, so you can drive them to the real store. And, and if this is like in line with like if the test and and then the actual product page is is even close to in line to each other so so then we've seen that the the conversion drop isn't even high but obviously if you have you're testing a fake page with uh some medieval dragons and and then your actual store is featuring some sci-fi stuff so then you 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 obviously are looking into a high conversion drop but but in most of the cases so the people who actually click the install button on the lookalike page will most likely then install the actual game as well. So you are actually acquiring users uh, through these these uh, tests, as well as like getting useful insights. Thanks, Justin. I also wanted to add here on the philosophical side, um, investment in the experiments is, uh, you should probably think about it more like investment in your user acquisition as well, because it can decrease your cost per install and some 3000 per test can drive much more savings in terms of user acquisition in the future. If we add there the organic growth that will follow the uh, successful implementation of A-B tests, you'll get even better numbers, plus saving time of your team, right? And nerf. Um, so overall, A-B testing normally improves to be successful and cost-effective for the companies that are ready to give some patience to that. Yes, run not only one test, but several, and do it correctly according to all the classical recommendations. I mean, let's bring it in. Let's bring it in. All I want to say is there, there's been a lot of details, a lot of depth, a lot of all, all the kind of stuff. But coming from a person who's, who's done a sci-fi game, and why I mentioned sci-fi game is because it failed miserably when it entered soft launch. And I just want to say that had we used these type of services before, uh, we would have avoided some major mistakes. I kind of have like only one question, like what is the sort of a budget that a studio should have in order to effectively run, run a service like, you, like yours? You, you have to budget at least 500 uh, for a test uh, and, and it can go up to, to quite a bit, like even, even 3000 bucks. And, and then in terms of our platform uh, prices, they, that's one of the key things that we want to do. We want to allow everyone to test. So, so it really varies on, on the needs, basically. So, so even, even, even smaller studios can jump into these concept tests with, with low commitment in terms of, of platform uh, costs. And then so we're in talking terms about, of... Yeah, sorry, please no, go ahead. I was just calculating. So we're talking about between yeah. um, 35000 a year to six. Uh, around this year. 
and, and at, at max and then then at minimum yeah. around between you know about six to six thousand euros or dollars a year yeah yeah that's a, that's a uh, relatively small price to to pay for for improved um marketability and not choosing right. the wrong themes and and then then obviously you have to take into account like the the actual resources that you need to do use for for to to get the assets mm-hmm. but like mentioned earlier you can be really smart about it like unity asset store and, and there's a lot of like commercial places where you can you can really acquire these assets cheaply like spend 10 bucks and and, and get high quality stuff that you can you can run these tests and validate your hypothesis Okay, as a studio, you'd basically you'd be good at at reserving between ten to fifteen thousand uh, from your budget yearly to marketability, optimization, and testing. Yes, this is it. I can also add here yeah. that these are the numbers, and the good the good thing about that is during the, my work at Split Metrics for five years, I've seen different companies coming. So uh, of course, the more budget you have, the more experiments you can run, but it's not always that. Uh, the giants, the giant brands run correct experiments. Sometimes it's like really bullshit. And uh, sometimes indie companies come and because they have not so big budgets, they value each experiment because they need you know, to spend there. And with the help, if they listen to advice, it quite always is a good result. So don't be afraid of A-B testing. You can always consult. And I'm sure no, neither our company, no Jesse's, uh, will uh, tell you that it costs very little. So come on, let's start. And then you feel it's like thousands dollars uh, we will always tell you should you actually start with these assets with this particular app or it's better to wait a better concept or better idea perfect uh, so I think we can end here and I'm just gonna say that you're foolish if you're not running these type of tests I mean it's it's just it's crazy if you're not doing this this should be a part of any marketing mix for any free-to-play studio that's my honest opinion having not used them and having used them so that's it so Tanya and Yessa, so how can companies get in touch with your companies to spend all this money that Mishka wants them to spend on your company? Let's make it easy. You can go to geeklab.app slash DOF, like D-O-F, and, and let's make it happen. Tanya, what about you guys? Yeah, sure. So, and also again, in Split Metrics, you can go to splitmetrics.com, check the blog, check the materials there. We have another product too, so you can see about Apple search ads. Let's let's start to talk. <laughs> awesome. We'll put in the links in, into this. So, yeah, start testing your marketability, start optimizing it, start saving money. All right. Thanks, guys. Bye. Thanks. Thank everyone. Bye. Bye.